Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. I will be playing Elion. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret, and she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Hey friends, Brendan here. Just wanted to give you all a warning concerning this episode. In this series, we have clearly made the choice that the guild are the main antagonists due to their extreme need for profit over basic human decency. Due to this, there have been multiple mentions throughout this story arc involving human trafficking. However, this episode gets into a bit more of the gritty details as Elian has a conversation with a young woman who's been sold to a bathhouse to pay off her debt. We don't mention any sexual content explicitly, but it is certainly implied throughout the conversation. If this isn't something you're comfortable hearing, I totally understand and ask that you skip that scene. It's roughly 15 minutes long. Uh, you'll hear the musical cues, and uh, Ricky's scene comes right after that. The short of the conversation is that the girl was hired at a young age to become a professional singer, but when puberty hit, she could no longer hit the notes that she could before, and to pay back all the effort the guild wasted on her, they sent her to a guild-operated bathhouse. This isn't the first time the guild has pulled something like this, but on the family's turf, it's implied it'll be the last. Also, these last five episodes being edited together over the course of three sessions, I decided to withhold outtakes so as not to spoil anything. So now I have a 20 minute long outtake file for those three sessions. I'll be posting that early next week as a bonus to everyone. Uh, with that out of the way, I hope you enjoy the episode as our group of Dragonblooded are finally reunited. Uh, so that is the end of the first round. You may now regain five moats. And then we are going back to the top of initiative, which is the crew on the... Oh, wait. I just realized something. That crew got attacked, too. Yes. I was just about to bring that up. The That, that five does meet their parry. They have a soak of eight, though, so they're negating... They're negating eight damage, so let's see if that they get hit for anything. You wayward spears come, and uh, it looks like uh, Demik, your big guy, takes a hit for the other couple of people and uh, blocks the spears. But he he does look a little hurt. Oh no, not meatball! All right, so with that, they're going to go again and try to retaliate against the uh, the group of guild guards at the top of round two. They actually, with their billy clubs and blackjacks and everything, managed to get through the, uh, managed to actually get through the defense of the guild guards. 
many charms can you use per turn? Like, like per like my attack? As many as you have essence for. Perfect. Wow. They managed to do three fucking damage to these guys. Good. As the Demik uh, t- takes the hit and um, Denared. Denared. The, the infor- yeah, the infiltration specialist. Yeah. yeah, so as Demik gets stabbed, uh, Denared more or less like passes out and the uh, the people who you're helping grab him and uh, pull him into the container with them. Gotcha. Okay. So the crate is still there because because uh, the way that I see it is like you guys are all doing this and like Desert Bloom is more or less like on top of the crate doing the uh, the, the sorcery bullshit. Uh, the Jala inside the crate grabbed Denarid and kind of uh, bring him in as he had passed out. And in response to this, uh, Pelopsdora uh, swings out with her blackjack and like clocks three dudes and like they all just kind of like bonk each other and kind of uh, like look like there's like a little bit of blood coming out of their uh, helmets uh, from a very rough uh, smack to the head. Damn. Next up is your go. It is. It is my go. Since I've never like had a character like flare except for once, I think. Maybe. I think I'm going to spend this essence and start flaring. So I'm going to spend one moat for unobstructed hunter's aim to add an extra die to my archery roll and i'm going to spend the four moats for death from nowhere which would ignore the uh two points of soak from armor that is spending five moats exactly from my peripheral and my anima banner is flaring. I'm guessing it's a dim. Yes, it is dim. Uh, Ferris is a uh, wood aspect, right? Correct. You you would have like a dim, uh, like like a green aura around you. Uh, there might be like the scent of like fresh petals in the air around you. That kind of thing. Okay. When does it become like an actual? like visual thing when it gets to like glowing or burning. Uh, yes. So animus flaring at dim. I'm using unobstructed hunters aim and death from nowhere, which ignores two points of soak from their armor. Oh, actually I'm so sorry. I actually lied. Your anima banner is always at dim. Oh, it's invisible to all senses. This is the default level at which it resides when you're not spending essence. Oh, the so next, I'm glowing. The next one up is glowing. The Dragon Blood's anima outlines her body in the glowing colors of her element, and her aspect markings become more pronounced. Any attempt at stealth or disguise suffer a minus three penalty. Uh, it is burning where, where you're seeing shit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It is bonfire iconic. It literally says in here, uh, upon reaching this level and at a suitably dramatic moment, her anima manifests an iconic display of elemental power or other personal symbolism chosen by her player. Perfect. All right. So, but I'm always dim. Now I'm glowing. Yes. Okay. 
now that we know what's going on again. <laughs> I will roll to attack. Uh, again, I'm going to take aim, this time aiming at the one that struck uh, Demik, also known as Meatball, because he hurt my Meatball. Um, since you're actually kind of like turning around to strike at them, I would say that those those ones on that side are still at short distance, whereas the ones that are near you who have closed in are at close. Since you're turning around to help out your friends, uh, the, those ones would be considered at short. Okay. So you, so you would get the accuracy bonus for that. Excellent. And is there anything else you'd like to do to add in stuff? It'd just be aiming again at the specific person that uh, hit Meatball, you know, with rage in my eyes. Okay, I'll give you two dice for that. Twelve. Well, I know that that hits. That's a lot of nines and tens. Well, this one's going to the back of uh, the back of his head, because obviously he's paying attention to the people he just smacked. Okay, so you got... Eight over what that you, yeah, because they're they they have to dodge. So you got eight over what that their dodge was. <laughs> eight to my damage. So what you're actually gonna do is you're gonna uh, since their soak is eight, you're gonna just roll your damage straight. Oh wait, no, their soak is six because you're using that other thing, right? Correct. Okay, so then you're gonna roll eleven damage dice. Four successes. All right. Okay, I have to roll a thing to see if that they route or not, which is basically to see if they just run away. <laughs> GTFO. I imagine during all this, um, Zeke is just hiding in my blouse where he normally is found. Okay, they managed to make their, their check, so they... uh. After loosing an arrow directly into the head of the guy who uh, who stabbed Meatball, uh, a couple of the guys kind of like uh, near near the front, just kind of like ah! and like drop their uh, drop their weapons. And you can see that as they like run through, try to turn around and run through the crowd, uh, there's a few uh, scimitars that come up and come down on these guys as they're trying to run away. Oh no. Uh as the rest of the guild battle group does not uh flinch. It is now their turn. Oh no. They saw me glowing and they're like fuck that. It was like, "Oh no, he oh no, she's she's got a bow and arrow." And they're like, "You fools, we've all got bows and arrows." Also, there's more of us than there are of her. But I also killed two people and they have only managed to poke one of mine. Okay, they're going to uh, they're going to come in on both sides and just try to skewer both groups like you uh, and our crew goes next, don't they? Or no, they're first. Never mind. Yeah, they're I'm they're first. Wrong. I just realized that I did not give you an opportunity to try and describe getting out of the way, but I don't think that a three hits you anyway. It's a five. So, no, I mean, it would have been the same similar thing. It would have been probably like some kind of backhand spring or something to pop out of the way. You know, all acrobatic. You, you back hang you back handspring. Zeke pops out of your blouse and uh, sticks his tongue out at the guild guards. Everybody's very <laughs> impressed. Beautiful. 
Like I said, Zeke has a personality like Pabu from Legend of Korra, but he can be very serious when need be. Like when he's on missions. Your group up front manages to uh, uh, Meatball man- Meatball and uh, Pelbstora manage to uh, swipe away the incoming spears and hold everything off. Pelbstora just kind of looks back to you and just goes, well, uh, both of you, now would be a great time if we could uh, get on out of here. Yes. Uh, how, how is that? Uh, how, how is that way out of here coming, Captain? I'm going to look over at uh, Desert Bloom on top of the crate and just kind of be like, yeah, um, getting out of here soon, sooner rather than later would be rather, rather nice. Almost ready. You can't rush perfection, darlings. Okay, so top of the uh, top of the initiative next is first off, regain five moats. Yes, and because I hit last time, I got another initiative, correct? Yes, yes, you did. So now I'm tied with the crew. Well, in that case, you should. Well, in that case, do you want to go first or do you want them to go first? I'm going to go first. And I'm going to. The guys on the other side side are still at short distance right yep actually i'm going to change it up bear with me on this one brendan i'm going to do another like pirouette spin with my bow to face the group that was closest to me again and take aim that does give me negative two on the accuracy but All right. I plan on spending three. So I'm going to do the death from nowhere again, which is four moats. And then three moats for unobstructed hunter's aim to give me three extra dice to help negate the negative two and give me an extra point. So that's four, five, six, that's seven peripherals. So I'm glowing again, or I'm, going up to burning now okay this is uh Um, getting angry okay and i'll give you an extra two dice for the description okay so then that would be 13 four their evasion is a four so it hits yes what is your damage uh damage is plus nine you're actually just rolling one die because they still have a soak of eight. Soak of six. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're rolling. Uh, you're rolling three dice then. One success. Which puts me at an eight. Okay. Next is going to be your crew. Which who are going to get the benefit of them having a lower defense. Yeah. And I, and I told you my anima's burning now. Hot damn. Okay, they're going to make an attempt to attack, and they're going to hit. Womp, womp. For two whole damage. I have a soak of seven. Not you. I'm sorry. Okay. I was, I, I'm sorry. I should have. I should have mentioned. Uh, they are. Oh, this, this is, is the crew. This is your crew rolling against the other guys. Yeah, because you both are on the same initiative. Remember. So crew hits. Yes, the crew. Damage. The crew hits as a. Uh, Meatball uh, grabs two guys and bashes their heads in and then pushes them back over uh, over the other guys. A 
contingent of more spearmen steps over the f- their fallen comrades, uncaring. I imagine Meatball at one point picks one up and just hits a guy, hits a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Uh, and at the very end of, oh, I'm sorry, I still have to roll. Wait, no, I did roll their damage. And at the very end of the round is going to be the guild troops who are going to try and take down you and your crew one last time before uh, Desert Bloom gets uh, their spell off. Would you like to do anything to up your your defense? Uh, They're about to be rolling nine dice at you. Yes. I'm going to use Threshold Warding Stance. So I'm going to spend only four motes and get two uh, plus two on my evasion. Or no, I'm going to add two automatic successes on my dodge roll. Oh. No, no, you're adding to your evasion. The only time that you're ever actually making a dodge roll is if that there's like a trap that you have to dodge or in the very rare occasions where that you and someone else have the same initiative. At which point the game breaks down and turns into World of Darkness again. Gotcha. So then I'm adding two to my evasion. Are any of them uh, attacking with range or is it all melee? It is all melee. Okay, so then yeah, my evasion is a seven now. And any way you want to describe that, uh, you you can tell... uh, you can tell that Desert Bloom is getting ready to unleash some kind of spell. Um, is there anything you'd like to do before that he does that to try and like up your evasion? I'm going to kind of jump towards the uh, open door of the crate and do one of those like where I grab a hold of it and kind of like swing myself inside of it to kind of try to block myself with the door. Okay. Uh, I like that. I'll give you another two to your evasion. So they have to roll a nine to hit you. <laughs> Picking the uh, performer concept has uh, definitely been a good choice. Wow. <laughs> they don't even hit your, your crew. The camera swings towards Divine, who has walked up the stairs to talk with Regara Salon. It's been two days, Divine, since that you uh, spoke with Salon, and uh, t- well, two days before that, since you met Salon and uh, spoke with Thanos. Salon asked you to take over the Crusade table for a couple days, and you got a little bit more used to the the, the local patrons, the normal people that uh, these places cater to. You also found out that uh, Salon takes a very hands-off approach to the brothel business, is much more concerned with the, the casino and the arms dealing that she has going on. She actually hired, uh, according to her, someone who knew something about the the pleasure trade back from the realm. So she just lets them handle it and takes a cut of the profit. So you're having trouble with the uh, arms dealing side of things. Is that what I heard right? Uh, no, no, they're they're doing just fine with both of them. What they were saying is that the uh, they don't handle any of the brothel side of things. Well, uh. You're just taking the money from the brothel and letting it act with its own sort of 
autonomy? Yes, well, I'm asking uh, one of my... Mm, I wouldn't say cousins, but I guess that's what you'd call them. I'm, I, I have a, a friend who used to be a merchant for Sinus. Back in my old days on the Blessed Isle, you know. Uh, do I know? I don't know, Cody. How much do you know about the realm and the Blessed Isle? Fuck. You don't know shit. Then, uh, uh, okay, how much does Divine know is a better question. Probably not too much. If I'm being honest, like he's, uh, how much crime is there? That's the, that's the question. Is it known as a crime haven? It is most certainly not. Then probably didn't even spark his radar. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the aisle, uh, is that a, uh, I'm guessing it's a pretty big trade hub, huh? She looks to you like you're an idiot. She kind of like takes a moment and then just kind of goes, Divine, how have you ever seen a map of the world? Uh, seen like regional maps. Ge- geography was never my uh, strong suit. If you, if you need the battlefield assessed, you know, I, I, did, I covered a lot of that in a lot of battlefield assessments. Hey, Cody, uh, real quick. You're, you have very high, like, reading lines, right, as his character? Very, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've got breeding. Okay, I was just curious. I didn't know if that would come into play because, like, the Blessed Isle is a very big, like, dragon-blooded domain, if I remember correctly. Right, but uh, he's also Wookshian, so it's a different set. Were the Blessed Isles and uh, Lookshy ever in any uh, tussles? Yes, Cody. Quite a lot, actually. Lookshy is one of the only things that can stand up to the Blessed Isle. Oh, then yeah. I'd I'd know it from that. From uh, what he paid attention to it. Give me just uh, a second. You know what? I, nope, I've already committed to the bit. But what if the uh, crusade battle that I set up constantly is one of those battles? And he just doesn't know it. I, I'm glad that it's just this guy is a completely just kind of an idiot, but also like a genius in, in other ways. Yeah, like he's they're They're not look shy. They're not the winners of those battles. What do I care? Yeah, I've I've looked at maps. It's just you know, not not something that ever uh piqued my interest. I uh you know, it's it's the realm. The realm's the realm. I mean, you're not wrong there. It's just very interesting to see someone not give well a singular fuck about the ruling nation of creation outside of what little minimal resistance that Wookshai has been able to put up. Oh, they're that place that comes to get their ass kicked every couple thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. I know that place. I use, I use that battle for my, uh, for the crusade game. That's, that's why we've been making so much money. Cause you know, these folks can't figure out how to beat Lookshai and military. It's, it's a trend I'm noticing. Yes, well, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this. You know how that Lookshai has noble houses? Yeah. 
The realm does as well, except we're much larger. I am former realm, if it wasn't obvious, which I guess it wasn't to you, when I mentioned that my family name was Regara. Oh, so, uh, so what's a pretty woman like you doing in a dumpy place like this? And, and by dumpy, I mean the, the general area, not, not, or not the, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about the shape yellow. I'm just talking about the, the undermarket in general. I guess, well, you, you don't have to tell me because, you know, you haven't asked why I'm down here. So I guess we'll just have that mutual understanding of, uh, we're both two people in a, uh, place with more opportunities than our houses could provide. You would know about the realm and the Blessed Isle. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, you have had wars about this over the last hundreds of years. Yeah. The, re- the realm and Lukshai are actually mortal enemies, and Lukshai is basically a small nation state that somehow holds its own against the rest of the realm. Main reason for this is they have a shit ton of... Uh, first stage technology for war and have an entire actual air force. My gun's bigger than yours. The realm just has more people. So I'm trying, I'm trying to like figure out how to like, cause like we haven't really run into like there being like a moment to like really explain stuff that isn't like Chiroscuro until like literally now. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to just zoom back in on, uh, Divine talking to Divine talking to Regara Salon. So then, uh, Divine, you're you we wanted to deal with you want to help me deal with the guild then. You want me to back the Tyronata, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I uh I would appreciate a partnership with you because, you know, after our talk the other day, I uh Caught up with Moira and helped her make the drop. And I don't like that Thanos guy. And I especially don't like the way he thinks. He, he's not a good guy. He's uh, You don't need to pay him just because you exist here. I'm glad that we're on the same page then. There's like, when you mention that you don't like Thanos, there's like this burning fire in her eyes. Like, she looks younger. Like when it she when when you mention it, like there's suddenly like a, a, a light in her eyes that kind of like flicks on and she's like ready for battle. Well, then, if you and uh, the clan will give me back, well, well, if we'll all work together and back each other, I'm down to help. If you're down to help me take down Thanos, I'm down for I'm game for it. Yeah, uh, I figure we should uh, start by. Uh undermining his influence in the undermarket would be the uh, place to start because it seems like these guys uh, money and influence is important to them and you hit them where it hurts by taking away their money and influence oh I quite agree but first we're going to have to deal with some of the uh, things that Thanos is having me use the underground part of the of, of my buildings for. And then I'll have to deal with... Tell you what, how about we get you signed on as a partner for these three buildings, and then we kind of go from there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
I actually haven't had a chance to check out the uh, other two buildings, but uh, yeah, we'll just we'll go from there. We'll sign yeah. the sign the paperwork and then figure out the rest. Sounds good. I'm not really much for brothels. I have my uh, my cousin run it. She used to be a uh, a madam for one of the patrician houses uh, over on the Blessed Isle. Don't worry too much about it. It's just one of those weird things that we did as people on the uh, people of the realm. We've long since put that behind us. Money's our only calling now. But anyway, let me go and show you the Ox Dragon Inn. It's my pride and joy. Oh, I'd love to see it. She takes you down the stairs and you guys basically go out and cr- and cross the street to the Ox Dragon Inn. You walk into the uh, the Ox Dragon Inn and it looks like a traditional inn with a guest book to sign in and a few people just kind of manning the front desk uh, with keys at hand. It looks nice if a little rustic and worn down uh definitely does not fit in with the under with the undermarket but as soon as they see uh salon come in they look around and then pull a string and a bunch of the rustic overdone furnishings basically like flip around and like show a bunch of like weapons including hard to find things like fire wands and like way too much fire dust to be legal and thing and like weapons that are made out of like they're not artifacts but they're close like they're made out of like things like gossamer and and uh seal and even like one or two weapons that's actually made out of chiaroscuring glass oh this is a uh you were not kidding about what a nice setup this place is i'm I'm assuming this is the workhorse of the operation it depends on who's in town sometimes whenever we have look shy or realm nobility coming through that just have money to blow the shaved yetum does it. The brothel always does a decent amount, but yes, if there's a war to be fought, this is the place to get weapons that aren't storied. And uh, we're going to be fighting a war soon, aren't we? Oh, yes, if you're planning on taking on the guild like that, first we'll have to take down some of their holdings in the undermarket. Don't worry, we'll figure that out soon enough. And then maybe start going above ground. But... Yes, well, we'll have to get that done. Now, we're, we should probably head back towards... We should probably get all the paperwork f- figured out. Well, actually, you know what? I think I have some of the paperwork over here. It's easier to hide the actual real things where the people aren't going to suspect and look for them. And Salon kind of leads you over to a place where you guys can start getting paperwork done. Is there anything that you need to get done while that you're here, Cody, that concerns paperwork? I guess just making sure and making sure I don't get screwed. Okay. In that case, I would say that would be an intelligence and bureaucracy role. Lord. Well, it's not a bot. All right. So with one success, you look over the contract and it looks pretty sound. It looks like a a rough draft and you'll have to get your people to sign. And basically there, there's some things that'll have to be done to make sure that the legalese of this is 
binding and all the all that good stuff for you to help own property. Salon, do you mind if I take a copy of this to have my people look over? My uh, pretty sure my uncle would like to take a look at it just before I sign on the whole family. You know, I'm more than happy to sign on myself to help out, but should probably uh, run this by everybody before uh, enlisting the family. Ah, yes, that's a fine idea. Well, uh, why don't you get going and we will uh, talk about this when you get back then. Yeah, sure thing. I uh, look forward to seeing you when I uh, get back. You got any wine you want me to pick up while I'm out? If you could find me a bottle of Thorns Moscato, that would be delightful. It's been extraordinarily rare lately. Ooh, I got an idea. Sure thing. I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out, and I'll either come back with it, or I'll come back with the next best thing. But it'll be it. It'll be Thorns Moscato. Look at you making some big promises there, buddy. Hey, Brendan. Yeah. I, uh, introducing lore that Thanos keeps a uh, bottle in his desk drawer, and I want to rob him. That was the train of thought. I'm not even going to have you roll for that. I think that that's a great idea. Thanos seems bougie enough. Plus, I feel like there's a, uh, like, I feel like it fits the story with, but I feel like he traded her in for a newer model. And probably just keeps that bottle there for, you know, to impress all the women. Two more baths? Like, baths? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard you right. Uh, Hold on, I'm debating on doing another thing real quick. (laughs) I need to double check something. I was debating on using all-encompassing earth sense just to kind of feel what's around me, but I don't know if I want to blow those essences just yet. Yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it as is for now. Stalinian's going to very like take their hand off the door, look down the hallways. Is it just set up where it's just one long hallway? Are there any twists and turns? How many doors? So it is essentially one long hallway that goes for about five doors on either side and then it does a 90 degree turn and basically the hallway wraps around the second uh, floor and it kind of repeats kind of like a hotel in a weird way yes so they're gonna look around real quick there's nobody else in the hallway right or any doors open Uh, no there are currently no doors open there's a few doors that have uh, bits of clothing on the handles but there are no doors that are open right now. Got it. Okay. Then uh, they're going to very slowly, very carefully see if the door will open. Um, it is locked, but you were handed a key. Okay. Then I missed that part. My bad. I, uh, mu- I might have not mentioned it. I might have said that they handed you a note. I meant to say they handed you a note and a key. Okay. I remember the note. I might have missed the key. It's not relevant. We know now take the key, open the door slowly, just do everything kind of slowly, trying to feel this place out and just look in. 
Uh, when it, you open up the door to look in, the person who is inside notices the door handle turning. They immediately are front and center, and they are looking to you. The person who is in front of you is fairly young. They are probably my age. They are just past that point where that it's it's a little. They are just at that point where it's a little weird. Got it. And they are in what can what I can best describe as a bathrobe. Uh, there is steam rising from the other side of the room as one of the, as water is being pumped in and is a- actually looks like it's uh, being heated by some mechanism. About how big is the room? The room is about the size of like a small living room. There's essentially, it looks like there's a bathing area that has a rather large tub. And then there is like a room with a, there's like an area with a bed. Maybe like a 10 by 20 or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Ellen's going to close the door behind them. Is there a lock from the inside? Uh, yes, there is. Cool. They're going to click that behind him. Like it's, it's one of those like slowly close clicking it with the knob behind the back. So it's a little bit more subtle. And then they're going to look at this person. They were told that his name Rose Bloom, right? Yes. Uh, Rose Bloom is uh, a female. And is again in Mai's age range, which so, is about fifteen, sixteen. Got it. So Ellen's going to look at them. They're not super loud. So I was told your name is Rose Bloom. Yes. Uh, Would you prefer I call you Mai? They give you a little look. Uh, you shouldn't be calling uh, me something that's not my name. You also shouldn't be using someone else's name. Um, so anyway, hi, uh, I'm Rose Bloom. Can I get you uh, a bath? And they like walk up to Elian and start like pushing them towards the hot bath and almost with way too skilled hands trying to disrobe Elian. They're going to like turn and put a hand on their, their shoulder like, kind of like not push them away, but like it's a firm hand and then getting really close to be like, it's okay. I'm just here to talk. You don't have to do anything. <sighs> okay. But could you, could you tell the madam that we did the, the bath thing? I've only got to do two more and then I have enough for, for the house. That's fine. Do you have anything like that could make a little bit of, noise so we can have a conversation without being listened on? Mm, yes. Yes, I do. And Rose Bloom goes over to uh, the water thing and begins to uh, o- opens up another like cra- uh, lever on the wall, which begins to billow in bubbles, but the billows are way too loud. To make it like a calming experience. Got it. Uh, it's just going to just, it, it's that like mild shaking of the head of like, oh geez. Uh, and they're going to sit on the ground and just very gently like pat the ground next to them and just kind of like motion for Rose Bloom to sit. All right. So what do you want to know? 
Um, well, since I'm hoping we can't be overheard, um, what's your real name? Is it my? If you're who I'm looking for, your brother sent me. If you're not, then maybe you can help me find who I'm looking for. And since you only need two more baths to get the money you need to help your brother, it makes me think that you might be who I'm looking for. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you got the wrong girl. I'm, uh, I'm Kana. Kana. Uh, so you're almost done here then. Yeah, almost done. Is it for sure almost done or are they just telling you you're almost done? For sure, almost done. I entered into a contract with this. Uh, made sure to get a proper guild notary to go over it and everything. Okay. Is, uh, I know it looks a little weird, but this is actually totally all above board. That's fine. I just want to make sure you're taken care of. To, um, they, look, they look at you when they say this, and there's like a darting of their eyes is the best way that I can put it. Good, because I've been looking for bullshit this whole time. <laughs> Where did their eyes dart to? Their eyes kind of dart towards a uh, towards a drawer near the bed. Elian's going to keep talking to them and just kind of like hold a hand up and just slowly get up and walk like they're looking around the establishment, well, the room, I guess, and make their way over to the drawer and just kind of like kind of do that thing where you just kind of like lean on the drawer, um, like slightly sit on it and just very gently without even making a tapping sound, just kind of like tap the drawer and give uh, Rose Bloom a meaningful look. Uh, Rose Bloom gives you a nod at this. Uh, the entire time the, the conversation is going on, Rose Bloom is just like, yeah, if you're looking for my, my is actually, uh, down on the first floor. That's where they keep all the new ones. Soon the madam can hear them. So the madam can hear them. Well, in case they try to run. Oh, okay. And would those be... Um, so you said the new people then. Are they in contracts as well? They're supposed to be. Who knows sometimes. Uh, Elian's going to gesture as if they're going to open the drawer and kind of like give a look of, is this okay? Like a nod or a shake their head. There's a nod that comes from Rose Bloom. Okay. So Ellen's just going to keep this conversation going and open the drawer that they gesture to and just glance down into it. Do you have anything in bureaucracy? Yes, I have one dot. <laughs> All right. I would like you to make me a whole perception and bureaucracy role. Is this a visual uh, perception thing? Yes, yes it is. Cool, I get two extra dice. Um, I will give you another two extra dice because you've been super sneaky about this and are making this kind of awkward interaction actually a little bit more cool. Okay, so bureaucracy, perception, my enhanced sense, and then you said two extra dice? Yeah. Seven successes. Holy shit, okay. I bureaucracy one, perception four, Plus two for my eyes, plus two for the stunt. Hey, I was expecting you to get like two or three successes, not seven. Okay, so you basically, while the, you are having this conversation with uh, Rose Bloom, 
uh, you glance down at this contract and you don't, you know, a little bit about contracts with the guild. You, you know, you've worked with, uh, with your buddy and, uh, you've done a little bit of work with, uh, taking contracts from like other people whenever you needed money, that kind of thing. It's not that big of a deal to figure this stuff out. This looks like the most suspicious fucking contract that you have ever seen. There is no way that if this was brought towards any kind of legal authority that they would find in favor of the guild. This looks like someone told them, hey, you sign this contract and you do and you do you basically I own you for a year and a day is basically the the equivalent of this. Definitely just like she's probably not getting out of this like she said that she was. There is a very high likelihood that if that she were to get out of it, it's in a body bag. Got it. So, uh, big summation, fuck this place. Big summation, fuck the guild, yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. In going over the contract, you see that it is signed by a couple different guild people, including Danny Xora. What are the other names, Brendan? Don't make me come up with other names on odd. Uh, Tenos is one of them. I, I was hoping that would be on there. Um, we'll just leave the other names for you to fill in later. Okay. Uh, Tenos and Danique Sora are definitely on there though. Is it signed Kana from, for her signature on it? Yes. Okay. I'm just double checking. Like I assume she's not lying to me at this point, but I'm still like, Christina's suspicious. <laughs> it uh, and in looking over it, also it appears that the terms of the contract have stated that this person has been working here potentially for a whole year, if not more, already. Gotcha. And it doesn't give a time frame of release. Uh, correct. You can probably guess that this person might not know how to read. Does the signature just look? Like they might not know how to write either. A better way to put it is, is that the contract itself has little bits that are in uh flame tongue, but most of it's in river speak because you know, it's the guild, which is great. Cause I know river speak, which is why that you are getting all of this stuff. So well, having the languages so I could do things like this. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to, if I may, use my ability of eidetic memory to try and commit most of this to memory so that I can regurgitate it later when I need to. All right. And after looking through the contract, Elion's going to pinch the bridge of their nose and put it back in there, close the, close the drawer, and go and sit back down with uh, with Rosebloom. Uh, so how long does this usually last? I just feel like maybe you need a break. And I'm okay with helping you acquire that. Uh, really? Depends on the guy. Some of them stay for like a couple hours. Some of them are like, you know, just brump, brump, and then it's done. Um, how... I have some money, but I'm not incredibly wealthy. Um, So if you can just give me an idea of a reasonable amount of time, you can have a break. 
I'm not going to make you do anything. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll let you know when it's about a good time for you to leave. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? No, just looking forward to being done with this. I'm sure. Can you tell me more about, you know, the people downstairs and how you got into this contract and everything? Well, you see, they said that I was super pretty and that I could sing really well. And they had this whole thing where they, they said that if that I could sing super well, then maybe I could become like the next the next song maiden of Chiroscuro. And they put me in a training program. This this was a couple years back. I was I was only 12 at the time. But eventually when that I grew up and everything, I uh my 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 voice cracked and I couldn't sing as well anymore. Uh so they said that I had to pay them back for all the resources that they wasted on me. Got it. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear about that, about your your voice and how they treated you. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it'll be fine soon and I can go back and see my family. It's almost done. Yeah, you have a, a brother back home. Parents? Uh, I mean, I imagine somewhere. Is the brother older, younger? And Ellen's just going to continue just having conversations, just trying to like... So relate to this person. Yeah, Alan's just basically trying to give this kid a reprieve and maybe find some more information out about this whole process uh, and the people downstairs that are new. Was that his turn? Yep. Okay. In that case. I'm obliged to enter my own stance, I think. Now, does the charm take the entire turn unless it says otherwise? Um, so since it, the golden janissary form is a simple charm, uh, it does take the whole turn. Okay, well, that one's only really good against creatures of darkness anyway, so I probably won't use that yet. And decisive attacks can be used after they crash, correct? Uh, yes, or before if you want to. I'll probably wait. They do tend to be more effective once that once that someone has crashed. Yeah, I think I would like to what is essentially do something a little bit cheeky here. I want to make the play that I am performing my like performing a textbook advancement style strike of my martial art like to meet this provocation. But I just want to like be mean and like kick him really hard in the shin when he's distracted by what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I won't just just like disrespect his like respectful provocation. Okay, you know what? I'll give you I'll give you a two point stunt for that. Uh, uh, so two extra dice and an auto success. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add to the roll? Uh, I'll go ahead and use some peripheral though to uh, to pump become the hammer again. So just the with the stunt and the weapon stuff, it should be nineteen again. And then also add in that the auto extra. Success. Yep. Yeah. With that said. He's going to pump four moats to increase his defense by two. Going to have his defense stay at seven. He's going to start burning this building down here soon. Uh, Yeah. Which he is now all out of personal moats. Oh, no. Um, And then he is also going to spend, I believe it's three moats for flame flickering stance. 
Basically, what that does is is that any ones on the attack roll grant him a plus one parry. Yeah, I think I have that one too. So your target number is seven to hit him. It's pretty good. Uh, so you got an eight. Um, you get to re-roll those sixes. I do. However, because you got some ones, let me see if there is a limit on how many that he gets for that. That would be a little silly if there's not. There actually is not. Very cool. That raises his parry to a fucking 10. Shifting in his form as you come to strike at him again, he kind of moves away as if that he's uh, almost as if that you're passing your uh your staff through like a, a flickering flame. Alrighty then. Guess I'm done. He will go next. Okay. Uh, kind of jumping over the staff, he's going to come and try to strike at you with a rapid series of hard jabs to the chest, trying to push you off balance. He's going to spend four moats. I'm sorry, he's going to be spending seven moats total here. Uh, four to give himself four extra dice on his attack, and then three moats to give himself searing edge attack. Basically, searing edge attack, if the, he hits you with at least one success, he can he can basically take away his essence in an in initiative from you. I have some charms to use for dodge, if I may. Please, go ahead. I'm going to use Ember amid smoke in this direction. That gives me a plus one to evasion, and on a successful dodge, the attacker overextends suffering essence dice of unsuitable withering damage. She doesn't gain initiative from this. I'm also going to use um, just threshold warding stance. Uh, and I think I think the limit is my dodge, right? Yeah, I'm going to just pump my dodge to five again, and I'll use the uh, the thing to raise, raise my evasion. So that'll be eight for my peripheral pull. Okay. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong. Dodge is dex plus dodge divided by two, right? Round it up. So my dodge is by itself normally five. It's now six. And I have plus five on the dice roll to dodge. I mean, oh, you're using uh, so you don't get a dice roll to dodge. It's just a a static value. Threshold warding stance. Raise for evasion for two moats. Oh, for two moats per point. Okay, I see. In that case, I'll raise it by three. So my dodge will be um, nine. Because it's three for the uh, misdirection, and then three dodge raises from threshold warding stance. Oh, okay. Any way that you want to describe this or anything, as a, he's coming in for his quick jabs. As the strikes are incoming, uh, I would like to just like do a pole vault stand on my staff to get out of the range of that. <laughs> okay, I dig that. I that's so much. I just want to like, flip over the top of his head and just like land... Like, leisurely land behind him i'll give you an extra two on that oh so it's 11 then so he did also spend four motes on that brawl excellency which means that he has one six to re-roll yeah the chance nope nope <laughs> very close it's like one of those like yeah. he comes at you and you can feel like you're a fire aspect and like you're used to this kind of heat, but he's he's radiating some like absolute just insanity here and he's going to strike you and then you just flip over him with the staff and he's just left dumbfounded that he missed. 
as he turns around and looks for me, because he ha I have to do my wither damage from misdirection, I'm just going to, like, bop him on the temple with the head of the staff like an old man. Urgh, nice try, Sonny. And he takes two withering damage. Unsoakable. What's his uh, initiative at now? Two. Oh, uh, he's not quite crashed, but he's really close. He's very close. And then he also, uh, it's your turn now, isn't it? It is. It is my turn. Uh, he's getting a little bit dangerous here. He's about to, like, burn this fucking building to the ground. So I have to escalate things a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, amid all my goofball nonsense, I want to, like, plant my feet and exhale, letting out, like, a little bit of steam as I, my own essences are starting to get used up. All right, guy. I think I've had about enough of this. Thanks for the, thanks for the round, though. It's nice to get some exercise. I want to, like... Assume my a serious stance with the staff, and with a very swift flick, deliver a strike right to his like temple. And I'd like to use cleansing flame strike to uh, add one die of damage and ignore two points of hardness with a decisive strike. And I'm gonna pump it with become the hammer again, so that'll be eight. It's, you're doing a decisive strike to add him. Okay, I am. Remind me how these work again. I know they're a little different. You're going to just roll your decks and martial arts plus any charm dice plus any stunt dice. You, you basically, you don't add the accuracy. Do I get any, uh, stunt dice? I'll give you two stunt dice for that. So, and does it, does the charm dice still add to it? Right. Okay. So that would be 16. Okay. He is, he is going to try to take up a serious stance and is going to, can you just see if that flickering thing can even be used against decisive strikes? I actually don't think it can. No, it can. Uh, he is going to he's going to up his uh, parry by one, and he's going to use uh, flame flickering stance as he is. Uh, no, no, actually, he's only going to use flame flicker stance because he's at the point where the, he might start burning this place down because yep. he's been using like a crap ton of essence. So his defense right now is five. Uh, his, yeah, his defense right now is five, but any ones that you roll do get added to his parry. I wish I had something to re-roll the ones. But still, I, I do re-roll the sixes though. That yes. actually that actually like made it worse for me in the long run last time. So here you go. Oh, buddy! Christ, bud! And no sixes to re-roll. <laughs> okay, so his. His parry goes up to six, but that is inconsequential against your 12. That thing reduced his hardness to... Minus two, and it adds plus one damage. It reduced his hardness to five, which means you beat his hardness. Roll your initiative plus the one damage, so I think that that's 13. Yes. And that's your damage dice. Eight. Holy shit. Okay, so my question for you is, are you going to knock this guy out, or are you going for, like, a killing blow against him? I'm not going to kill him, but I probably am going to, like... He's probably going to, like, look a little different after he heals up, though. Like, I certainly want to, like, make it so he cannot fight me anymore. I guess I would like to... You know what? I would like to swing the staff in a way that it arcs and goes underneath and catches him right on the jaw and knocks his jaw out. It, like, he still has a jaw, but it's, like, dislocated. And he's just, like, he just crumples onto the floor 
you know, on on the edge of consciousness. You know, the whole deal. He crumples before you. Uh, this old, this old uh, martial artist, unconscious, and you can see the woman bound in jade, uh, staring at you with a very, very wide grin. Well, well, well. <sighs> Seems like I got myself caught just in time. Hi. I walk over and like try to like find ways to un, un unlock this lady. What the fuck did I just walk into? These will be a little bit hard for you to break, so I'd suggest getting the key from his pocket. Yeah. I'll grab the key from the guy's pocket, and I'll unlock the thing. Now, as I'm not fighting, does this just look like a normal woman? Anything special? Um, You can see that there are... uh, There is something with her skin that makes it seem a little bit more... Uh, metallic upon getting closer to her. Her eyes do not seem natural. They're uh, the best way that I can describe it is, is that they are lacking a proper pupil. And instead it looks like there are flecks of metal throughout her eye that almost re- resemble broken chain. I'll like notice that to the side, but continue on assuming, you know, maybe it's like some weird form of like, Maybe it's like dragon blooded or something, and I'll unlock the chains. Uh, when the, you unlock the chains from her, you immediately feel, uh, the best way I can describe it is almost like a pressure that gets put into the air as her her full like celestial form is released from the chains that were binding her. And she is standing up at like, nine maybe ten feet tall uh total as she's just stretching and like cracking like back and uh, and like joints and everything and looking like she's getting ready for a fight uh she stares down at you with this toothy excited smile just goes well then little one uh how can I help you? You've uh, you've released me from my chains. The, the least that I can do is grant you with something as well. The uh, the presence that you described. Do I know of or have a theory of what that is? Like, do I know what I got myself into here a little bit? Yes, uh, your background in the Immaculate Order. You know for a fact that this is a god from heaven. Well. That's kind of done, isn't it? Uh, well, I, you know, I hate to be shallow here, but, you know, you got, you got any cash? I could use, I could use a little bit of money. Where, if you're offering, that is. <laughs> Unfortunately, what that I broker in doesn't exist on creation, but I'll give you something better. A workforce. And a gift. I, uh... Yeah, I like gifts. Uh, Ricky Shh. certainly seems to be, like, a little, uh... A little, like, apprehensive. But is not, like, cowering away or anything. Just remaining cautiously, like, aware. She leans down her massive, way-too-tall frame. And 
places a gentle kiss upon Ricky's forehead. Ricky, you now have access to sorcery. Yay. <laughs> Please make sure to notate your control spell when that you have decided on it. Any of those merits that I put in the little uh, thing that I sent you, you are allowed to buy with XP at any point now. And all of those shaping rituals you have access to for getting sorceress motes. Yeah, buddy. I'll have to look back through that in a second. Now then, uh, we were dealing with uh, giving you a little bit of my power and also getting you a workforce. I believe that there are some chains up above to break. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm the Broken Maiden, the goddess of emancipation and uh, freedom. Have I heard that name tossed around before, Brendan? I'm going to actually say that would be an intelligence and war role. Okay, I don't have those, but I have a cult. I don't know that it would necessarily fall under a cult. Well, let me see what my intelligence is. It's probably not great. I don't have any. Actually, I have two in lore. Wow. And my intelligence is four. So yeah, I'll roll. Uh, difficulty three. Nope. Well, you know that that's a god. Neat. Yeah, I suppose, uh, suppose I should go set them free too. Let me see if anybody's hurt or anything. All right, so you head on out and then go up to the floor above, uh, and there you will begin freeing the people. Uh, I will make one request, if I may, Brendan. Just sure. for future. For future. Uh, that old guy, I would like to, you know, uh, send him back to his little fucking temple. Uh, maybe like an apple in his broken jaw or something, you know, just, you know, toss him back, send a message. Okay. Yeah. He'll, he'll go and give the, the entire religion of the realm, your message. I don't, I don't fucking care what they do. (laughs) It's not the character to be worried about what other people are going to do to my, about my actions. That's fair. With you walking out of the out of the Ox Dragon Inn, uh, we're going to swing over to Elian, who has finished talking to Rose Bloom. What are you going to do? I, I will let you know that the moment that you step outside of the uh, out, outside of the brothel, a thing is going to happen, and then we're going to just cut there. I mean, after milking the information I need, hopefully uh, from this clearly taken advantage of child. Yes, she's 15, 16 now, but she was a child at the time of taking advantage of. Thank you for your time. I hope you um, got a little bit of a reprieve. Uh, I might be back again at some point, if that's okay with you. Just to sit and talk. Maybe. None, none, of, none of this. This doesn't really interest me. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. They're going to get up, kind of, brush their their clothes off and head out when they head because this is on the second floor right yes so they're gonna head down to the first floor is there a way to see where the people are kept on the first floor or is that kind of like obscured that would be kind of that would be obscured okay for right now 
having like mentally memorized the BS that was that contract, have some information about all this. I think they're just going to walk out for right now. Because the best thing to do at this point is to just kind of formalize a plan. Okay. As you both walk out and you can both see each other. Uh, one, of the, one of you is walking out of the Ox Dragon Inn holding a piece of paper. And the other one looks, I guess, upset about everything that they've learned today in the Bountiful Bear. I, I assume that Elian's uh, emotions don't normally show. But after learning what you had, it's the, it's a little hard to hide. That There's definitely like, they're very like tight-lipped and clearly kind of mulling things over, thinking like in th- deep in thought. As you to look up and see each other for a moment, you then see about ten immaculate monks run out of the shaved Yedin, followed very rapidly by a burly nine-foot-tall woman uh, with uh, Ricky next to them, as well as a bunch of people in chains who look like they've been well, let's say liberated by the broken uh, look of those chains. How do you guys react to this? Divine is going to just look up and, well, I I, I guess that's the uh, shady underground stuff that Salon was talking about the guild making her do. Wow, you guys really do work fast around here. At that moment, there is a sudden bright light from up above, which is very weird for two reasons. First, it's dark out up above. And secondly, you're all underground. Oh, hi, Ferris. (laughs) There is a sudden heat as the ceiling of the undermarket is burned to a crisp by a screaming bird spell of flame and heat that... That that's about twenty feet wide and just goes crashing through through the uh, through the marketplace above and into the undermarket. A twenty foot long, ten foot tall, and ten foot wide metal crate comes crashing down with a very ostentatious desert bloom on top, who taps his metal heels and. Uh, as the sorceress motes finish whirling around him, just looks around to everyone and goes, ta-da! And then the door opens and you all can see Ferris coming out of the crate with her anima bonfire or her anima uh, banner at a burning level. It looks like she's been really going through the uh really going through the uh the the essence up above as that uh she steps out and you can see the the greens of the uh the wood aspect radiating off of her and in the hole up above you can see a bunch of guild mercenaries looking down in on all of you
the the crew kind of looks uh meatball pelpstora and uh Doki, Denerid I believe. And Doki. Oh, Do- Daenerys already in the thing. Yeah, Doki. Yeah, yeah Daenerys already passed out. And Doki, I'll look back to you and uh, D- Desert Bloom. And they kind of take your hint and like uh, Demik, he punches a guy so hard that the dude kind of stumbles back and causes the rest of the uh, the, the guild uh, people to kind of stop for a moment. And he like grabs the other two under his big bulky arms and like dives into the uh into the container because he has an idea of what Desert Bloom's gonna do and he just kind of goes, Ferris, close the door. And I will gladly close the door. Inside of the container, uh, it's a little dark and hard to tell exactly what's um, going on. It is not dark because I'm glowing. Oh, I'm sorry. It is very <laughs> bright inside there. I am burning. Outside of there, there is a sudden... So as you guys come into the container and everyone closes it up, uh, it is very bright inside of this container, thanks to all of your glowing. Um, <laughs> everybody inside is honestly still in pretty much shock that they were uh, caught for one, and also that... For for the people inside, they're in shock that a a dragon blooded of all people actually came to their rescue. It's uh it's a little unheard of for them. And then you hear Desert Bloom muffled a little bit by the metal of the container finish their incantation, and suddenly the crate is very hot. And then just as suddenly, you all are falling. Oh. That's nice. And then maybe five seconds later, there is a sudden crash as the container stops. The crash seems cushioned, but it definitely has left the other people who are not as battle hardened shaken. Um, I'm going to make sure I go tend to the. uh, The ones that seem more shaken up first make sure they're okay checking in on them and then like ask everyone else if they're okay including my uh my crew your crew battle hardened as they are seem fairly fine uh the jala however are a little concerned about the sudden movement about everything that's going on they don't seem to understand where that they are and it's a little hard to explain with the uh with, with the doors closed and everything. And the only thing that you hear uh, from the outside as the sound of metal on metal as what the, you know as Desert Bloom's heels click on top of the container. A very muffled... Ta-da! <laughs> you look outside. Um, I will... Uh, I will open the doors. I'm not even going to slowly open them. I will open them. Opening them up, you see you see a building that has the symbol of your family, the noble ox dragon. Hey, hey. as you are they get us out of trouble as you are staring at the ox dragon in.
Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice. <laughs>